0: Hi and welcome to the Chad Show Podcast. I'm Chad, your host. We are going to listen to a special program right now. I hope you are blessed by these programs. You can find me on your favorite podcast platform. You can find access to them, to these podcasts on Google Podcasts, the Anchor app, Spotify, and on YouTube. I will link each in the description box below. All you need to do is to type in the search bar of Google and type in the chat show podcast. Alright, now let's go to the podcast and I'll see you there. Aloha.
1: Good morning, happy Sabbath, and aloha! Welcome to the Honolulu Central Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are well aware of many, many people who are either not feeling well, or that are quarantined, or all kinds of other good stuff. And so, we are kind of expecting a bit of a light crowd over the next few weeks. That's okay, what we want is for everybody to be safe to do what they need to do to get themselves healthy and do what you need to do to make sure uh, we, we stop the spread as much as possible. And so uh, we just are, are thankful for those of you that are here. For those of you that are watching online, please know we are thrilled that you are joining us in that venue. Uh, if you do find yourself at home, uh, you can join us a couple different ways. You can go to our website, which is Han Central H-O-N in or you can go to youtube and search honolulu sda and you'll find our services there uh if you can't be if you can't join us live usually they're posted sometime on sunday and then they're available uh there on on the website and on uh on youtube All right, if you are visiting with us today for the first time, or for the first time in a long time, I want to invite you, after the service is over, out on the Lanai, we will have a very special gift for you. Uh, So again, that's if you're visiting with us for the first time, or the first time in a long time. Kids, we have a couple things for you. Uh, Most of you know about the word search at the back, but if you're visiting with us and don't know... We have a word search there in the back. You get it. You find all those words. And after church is over, we will have a very special prize that you can get. Uh, after, again, that's after church. You can pick up your prize. Um, there is no cakey choir today. No kids choir practice. Um, so hopefully we will we'll have that again uh, soon. Uh, but just be aware. Uh, also, after the service today... Out on the lanai, we will have uh, the um, uh, carry-away lunch. So if you are interested in, uh, in having lunch, uh, they will be available out on the lanai. Uh, and then we have some other things that are coming up. Tonight, we are having our business meeting to approve the, uh, the, the final step in approving the process of renovating our sanctuary. Uh, And it's going to include a lot it's going to include uh, new carpet new seating the stage is going to be uh, enlarged Um, new uh, probably a lot of new stuff with our audio-visual and there'll be other changes as well you'll find out all about it tonight uh, when you come to our business meeting Um, so so please uh, be aware that's at 630 Tuesday nights also at 630 is our youth drive-in movie night. That happens every Tuesday night. So uh, just be aware that happens if you have kids or maybe you just want to get out and see a a neat movie. Um, That happens every Tuesday. And then there will be snacks available for purchase. Those go to help our youth ministries. Um, Let's see. I want to make sure I get everything in. Uh, Oh, yes. Very, very important. We have a couple of our teachers here today. Roxanne is going to do our is going to have our children's story a little bit later. Um, but our schools are open for enrollment right now. If you're interested in getting a head start, um, you can go. You can see on, on your announcement sheet. You'll see the websites you can go to for elementary and for um, and for the academy. So those are those are there in your in your bulletin. Uh, And then out in the breezeway, outside, there are several sheets of paper. If you would like to sponsor the flowers for Upfront in the Sanctuary, you can sign up out in the the breezeway there for what week you would like to sponsor. All right, I think we've actually covered everything that there is to cover there. And so um, our desire today we are, we are not here for announcements, although they do help us know what's going on in the life of the church. We are here to worship. And so we want to turn our, our attention toward our Lord and our Savior, all that he is to us, all that he has done for us. And so our praise team now is going to lead us in our time of praise and worship.
2: Good morning, everybody. Yeah, so, so there, there's a lot of things that are always changing throughout the week. Um, but it's so good that we get to come here together. And because we have a God who loves us, we can come together and worship him and praise him together. So I invite you to sing with us as we sing, as we begin, uh, because he lives. So let's sing together. It, it reminds us that we can, we, can, uh, we can rest assured and be okay with the future. No matter how many changes, like how many changes have we seen in just the last week? I mean, I've been getting texts all the way from last week to just this morning about people getting sick, things having to change. Uh, but we know that we have Christ as our cornerstone. His love never changes. His love never fails. So let's sing this next song, Cornerstone. On Christ, our hope is built Let's sing My Hope Is Built. It's the Lord to order stuff.
1: is found in Revelation chapter 12. It says, "And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, "Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God, and they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Today we rejoice and we praise because we too have conquered through the blood of the Lamb and by the word of, of the testimony. I invite you to stand for our opening hymn, number 294, Power in the Blood, 294. Our gracious Father in heaven, we thank you that there is power in the blood of the Lamb, power to forgive us, power to transform us. And so, Lord, we ask as we believe in you and as we give our testimony and as we live our testimony, that it would all be a wonderful witness to you and that others would see you living in us. Lord, we want that as our offering to you today. And it's our prayer to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. All right, so young people, one thing I forgot to mention, I know some of you have already been back there, but if you are here today, you can take a stop at the back, at, not right now, later, but we have our Keiki Kala jar, which is our money jar, and kids, you can guess at how many coins are in there, and the winners will get their prizes on sabbath the first sabbath of february so make sure you do that before you leave today all right we are again very very happy to welcome uh, some of our kalamaiki staff and uh, one of our teachers i believe you're the your kindergarten right yeah the kindergarten teacher roxanne farolino is going to have our children's story for us so young people come on up for miss farolino's story
3: everybody. Okay, today I actually have two stories for you and I need you to pay very close attention because at the end I'm going to ask what do you think these two stories have uh, that are similar. Okay, so this first story takes place when I was maybe five or six. So I was in probably first grade and I had this field trip to the Science Center. How many of you like science? Science is so exciting, right? Because of all the experiments and all the fun things that you get to do in science class. So, my field trip was at the Science Center. And after the trip, we got to go into the store. And I bought this really cute little keychain for my older sister. My older sister's name is Emily and she's like my best friend and I wanted to show her how much I loved her by buying her this little keychain to tell her that I was thinking of her while I was on my field trip. So I got home and I waited for her to get home from school. And so I had the keychain. I don't remember where I put it. It might have been in my pocket or maybe on her on her dresser. But I remember hearing in the car And I knew, oh, my sister's home. Let me go grab the keychain so I can give it to her. But guess what? Any guesses what happened? Yes, sweetie, what do you think happened? I couldn't find it! I could not find the keychain that I spent my money on for my sister. I couldn't find it. And I knew she would be in the house within a few minutes. I ran around the house frantically. That means I was running through every room looking in all of my drawers i could not find it finally after i searched my room my parents room the living room the kitchen the bathroom even i i finally sat down on my bed and i prayed dear jesus please help me find this keychain it means so much to me and i really want to give it to my sister well within the next minute or so I felt like I gave up, but then I went downstairs and I looked on the table, the dining table, and it was right there all along. It was just on the dining room table. Okay, so that's the first story. And I want you to remember, what did I do when I felt like I couldn't find it? (laughs) I almost gave up, but before I gave up, I prayed. Okay, here's my second story. This one takes place just a few years ago. I was about 20 years old. Uh Uh-oh, now you know how old I might be. So I was about 20 years old and I was in Fiji. I decided to go there and volunteer as a teacher in Fiji. And I taught on this very tiny island. And if you look on a globe, you probably won't see it because it's that small. So we were on this tiny island and we depended on the rain for drinking water. Does anybody know what happens if you don't have drinking water? Yes, what do you think? You can get dehydrated. Yeah, it's very dangerous if you don't have drinking water because you need to drink every day, right? So we depended on the rain for our drinking water. and. The dry season came and there was no rain. We had no idea what we were going to do. It got to the point that we almost had to cancel school because we had no water to give our students. So we prayed. We prayed very hard. I told everybody that I knew on mainland, I told them, please pray. Please pray for rain so that we can continue going with school. And the next month, After I prayed, all of my friends prayed, my students prayed, the next month it rained so hard that the water tank that collects the water that we can drink from, it cracked because it was so full. Okay, now I'm going to check who was listening. What did I, what did I do and all of my friends do when there was no more water? we prayed, right? Okay, there's this verse in the Bible that tells us in 1 John, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. So, If there's anything i want you to remember from this these two stories i told today whether it's something as small as a keychain or something as major and big as drinking water you can always pray to god and he will hear you okay so before you go back to your seats let's go ahead and close our eyes and pray dear heavenly father thank you for each of these wonderful children I ask that you always remind them that whatever worries them or whatever makes them nervous, that they can always pray to you and they will always be heard. Amen. Thank you for listening.
1: All right, kids, remember, grab a bucket and make sure you get down all of the aisles. It's, this is our children's offering. Once the children have finished picking up their offering, we want to welcome uh, Sophia and Peter Great too. Uh, Sophia is going to have our special music for us.
3: check. Good morning everyone. So it's so nice and good to be here with all of you. Um, So today my dad and I are going to be singing When I Look Into Your Holiness. And we chose this song because um, I was told that the, the theme for today's sermon is like what God has equipped us for and what our basically what our job is, and so um, the song is about worshiping God, and so that's why I chose this song.
4: It's time for our prayer, and I would like to ask all of you who can to kneel as we seek God in prayer. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for bringing us safely into your house this morning, so that we may forget about the cares of this life and focus on you and your love for us. We invite your presence to be among us through your Holy Spirit. And we ask that you will lead us in our service this morning. Father, please be with those who are unable to be here this morning of our church family. Because of the virus, there are many of them that are not able to be here. We ask that you will bless those who are visiting us. We pray, Father, that you will continue to keep us safe from this virus that has affected so many people of our church family and has claimed so many lives. We ask that you will bless those men and women in the military who are serving to protect our freedom, both here and abroad. Please be with us today as we continue to worship you. Forgive us from all our iniquities. Now we ask that you will be with our pastor as he brings your word for us this morning. Father, please fill our hearts with thanksgiving. And our mouths with your everlasting greatness. We pray these things in your gracious name, Jesus, your Son. Amen.
5: Good morning and happy Sabbath good morning and happy Sabbath it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning amen and it's good to smile too I want to see your face smile this morning to make the Lord happy you must be smile Our scripture reading for this morning is found on the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10. It says, Whatever your hand find to do, do it with all with your might. For there is no work. Or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. May the Lord bless the reading of his words.
1: always love the way Solomon seems to end such a Nice message. Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all your heart because you're going to die one day. <laughs> Thank you, Solomon, for that reminder. We have, been, uh, we have been embarking on a series on the life and ministry of Moses, and the first 80 years of Moses' life have just flown by. By the time we reach the beginning of chapter three, Moses is eighty years old, and yet we're just getting started with Moses. We have already seen what God has done, and today God brings him as he is out in the wilderness, and he and he is uh, out with with the sheep. God brings him into his field of vision this bush that is burning. But it's not being consumed, it's not being burnt up, it's just—it's on fire, but it doesn't seem to be burning down. And as we get that picture in our mind, I want to ask you a question, how many of you are getting a bit sick and tired of headlines? Maybe not so much sick and tired of headlines, but headlines that don't reflect what's really in the story? You know, it's, it's amazing, you go on and you look at a headline. Now, with, with, uh, with, with all of our internet and everything, we have what we call clickbait, uh, where it makes you think so you're, you're, you're gonna get one thing when you click on it, but you actually get something else. Uh, it'll show you a headline, so you think that somebody said one thing, and then you read the story, and you find out that it's almost completely the opposite of, of what the headline indicated it was going to be. The truth is, we live in a world of headlines. And the reality is, most people don't look past those headlines. Maybe they read the first couple sentences. But newsmakers have figured out that if they want to influence, and they want to shape the way we think and we act, they just put it in a headline. Today's story, I'm not going to focus too much On what happens at the burning bush. Now every other time in my life when I have preached on on, on Exodus chapter 3 and 4, I focus on what happens at the burning bush. And almost every sermon that I have heard on on, on this passage focuses on the burning bush and and that makes sense, doesn't it? But today I want us, and we're going to go over that story, but today I want us to focus not so much on what happens at the burning bush, but what happened at the 80 years leading up to it. You see, the burning bush is the headline. It's the attention getter. And God knew he needed to get Moses' attention, but he wants Moses' attention so that he can show him that for the last 80 years, I have been preparing you for something special. He doesn't want Moses caught up in the headline. He wants him strengthened, encouraged, and empowered by his life story and the way that God has worked. Exodus chapter 3 brings us to Moses in the wilderness. And as he is wandering around, he sees a, a bush that has caught fire but is not being consumed. So it catches his attention. He has his headline. He's hooked. And so Moses goes over and suddenly a voice speaks to him. You know the words. You probably learned them as a kid. If you you went to Sabbath school or vacation Bible school or, or some other venue. God says, remove the shoes from off your feet. Because the ground on which you stand is holy ground. And so Moses removes the shoes from his feet. He says, what, what, what do you want, Lord? God says, I have, I have seen the affliction of my people. And I have heard their cries for help. I've heard their pleas to be taken out of captivity. And so Moses, the time has come. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take them out of the land of Egypt. And I'm going to place them where I want them to be in the promised land. And it's going to be where I have envisioned for them is is a beautiful place. Now, by the way, having somewhat seen the two different places God is talking about, I'm not quite sure why he thinks that the land of Canaan is that much better than the land of Goshen. It's kind of like the ultimate example of believing the grass is always greener on the other side. Because the land of Goshen, the grass is green. But there's also slavery. There's also captivity. There's also... The inability to live out the kind of life that God wants them to live so sometimes the grass isn't uh, the correct grass isn't always about the color sometimes the correct grass is the presence of God God says I want to free my people I'm going to take them to this beautiful land Moses you're my guy let's go and Moses says, all right, let's go. Or, or does he? D- does Moses say yes? Mm, no. Moses says, um, I, I, don't, I don't really think I'm probably strong enough, Lord. I, 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 don't, uh, I, I don't think I'm the guy you want. And God says, I will be with you. Now go. And Moses says, yeah, ah, what happens if they ask me who sent me? Well, what am I going to do when, when, the, when the elders and the people start to question, you know, my, my credentials? Well, who, who am I going to tell them sent me? And God says, tell them. And he gives to Moses his holy name. Tell them that Yahweh sent you. I am. The I am has sent you. And Moses is like, yeah, um, what if that's not good enough? And, Mo, and, and God answers him. And he goes back or he goes through great detail what he's going to do. I'm going to take you to this land. It's going to be a wonderful land. And, and, and you're going to have all kinds of, of neat things. And, I, and I even when you leave, I want the women to go to their Egyptian neighbors And and the Egyptian neighbors will give them gifts. And that way you will plunder the land and you'll be able to have a nice start as you come into your promised land. God goes into great detail. Beginning in chapter four. Moses says, uh, what if they don't believe me? So God, after a probably some kind of a face palm, says, All right, Moses, uh, take the staff in your hand and throw it on the ground. The staff becomes a serpent. And God says, Take that, take that serpent up by the tail. So Moses grabs the serpent by the tail and it becomes a staff again. And God says, put your hand inside your coat. Moses puts his hand inside his coat, pulls it out, and he has leprosy. God says, put your hand back in your coat. He pulls it out. His hand is clean. God says, you see, I'm powerful enough. I'm with you. And Moses is now ready to go, right? Like, there, there can't possibly be any more excuses. Moses says, oh, Lord, I don't speak well. I'm slow of tongue. God says, listen, Moses, you're gonna go. And Moses says, and God even says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gonna send somebody who will help you. And Moses finally says, Please, Lord, just send somebody else. (laughs) And God says, No pack everything up. You're going to Egypt. I read that and I thought to myself, wow, God really, really wanted Moses, didn't he? There was no way Moses could have got out of this. Why? Because God had spent a lifetime shaping and equipping Moses for this task. God had invested 80 years in Moses, preparing him for what he wanted him to do. The burning bush was God's way of sending the message. Moses, I have been at work in your life since the day you were born, when miraculously you were not killed. But you were spared. I have worked in your life from that day to this day for 80 years to prepare you for this task. And no is not an option. God is at work in me. To shape who I am. God is at work in us to shape who we are because he has a task in mind for us that only we can do. Now, I believe that. I've recently read some Christian articles that say, no, you know, God doesn't always have something special for everybody. I say, well, that all depends on your definition of special. Why does it depend on your definition of special? Because we have become a society of headlines. And the truth is, almost all the work that happens does not happen in the headlines. Almost everything that gets done on the planet, almost everything that gets done in the church is not in the headlines. I don't want to be in the headlines because I usually find in the headlines there's nothing happening, it's the behind the scenes. It's the 80 years of shaping, not the burning bush, where God has prepared Moses for what he wants him to do. God is at work in our life to shape us because he has a task uniquely prepared for us to do. Now, I want you to think about this. We say, God is at work in me to shape who I am. Well, who am I? Well, first and foremost, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. Moses says to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I? Uh, who, who am I to do this, God? Oh, by the way, Moses, uh, you're like the only person on the planet qualified for it. That's who you are. You see, sometimes we don't see ourselves as fully equipped to do God's will as he does. But you see, I am a child of God. Moses says, who am I? Who am I? Well, let's review. Who is Moses. Moses was protected from death the day he was born. He was born under the sentence of death. Pharaoh had proclaimed that all Hebrew boys should be put to death at birth. But Moses is, Moses does not face that fate. And then he protects Moses when his mom places him in a basket and puts him in the Nile River. It is God who is there to protect him. Oh, what do you know? Pharaoh's daughter happens to be the one who comes down and finds the baby. What a coincidence, huh? That, that Moses is not only brought to the palace of Pharaoh, but for 12 years is allowed to stay at home and his mom is paid to take care of him until he is old enough to go to the palace and become a prince of Egypt. You're telling me God had nothing to do with Moses' life? Every step of the way, God has prepared the way for Moses and this task that he wants him to do. Everything God has done in the life of Moses has brought him to this moment. And I believe that God has worked in our life, each and every one of us, to bring us where we are. And he said, oh, pastor, you don't know about my life. No, I don't. But I know about God and I know about his working. And I know about his power and I know about his desire to shape us, to mold us into the kind of people he wants us to be. I believe that God is at work in me to shape who I am and first and foremost, who I am as a child of God. So when you feel the call to do something or to say something to somebody, to give a word of encouragement, to let somebody know how much God loves them, and you you begin to resist, remember that you may be uniquely qualified to say something to that person. You're uniquely qualified because God's put them in your path. I am a child of God. You see, Christianity is not about who I am by myself. Christianity is about who I am with Christ in me. I am a child of God. There is something God wants us to do. There is some task he is preparing us for, and I am his child. I am his child empowered to do the will of my father. I am a child of God empowered to do the will of my father. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 12. Moses has just said, who am I? And God said, I will be with you. That's a promise that is made over and over and over in the Bible. I will be with you. Moses looks at himself and he says, I'm not good enough. I'm not adequate enough. I'm not well-trained enough. I don't have enough skills. I don't have enough talents. And God says, I am with you. See, God doesn't go back and answer all of Moses' specific arguments. God doesn't go back and he just simply says, Moses... I am with you, and I am enough for you. I am all you need. I have asked you to do this, and I will empower you to do it. As a matter of fact, Moses, for the last 80 years, I have been strengthening you. I have been empowering you to do this. God knew the task he had for Moses. I want you to think about all the skills. He knew Hebrew. He knew Egyptian. He knew the workings of the palace. He was, he was skilled, no doubt, in the, in the art of war. As an Egyptian prince, he would have probably been out leading the armies, or at least at the very, near the very front. He knew the land all around as a result. There was nobody nobody more qualified to lead God's people. God had worked, God had prepared, God had shaped Moses. He had empowered him to do his father's will. And I believe that God empowers us to do His will. Now, he may not have us be like the a prince of Egypt or, or the leader of the army, but there's other ways. In which he has empowered us. There's other other things he has done to work in my life, to work in your life, to prepare us, to empower us to do his will. Everything that Moses learned in the palace of Egypt, and everything he had learned in the previous 40 years in the deserts of Midian. All the places he had gone with those sheep. All the things that he had done, all, everything that he had seen, the pathways and the roads and the countryside, he now knew it all. So that when he led his people out, when he led God's people out, he would be able to take them exactly where God wanted them to go. God had empowered Moses to do his will. Moses says, Who am I? God says, You are my child. I am with you. God is at work in me to shape who I am. I am a child of God, empowered to do my father's will, and placed where he wants me to be. Catch that last part. Placed where he wants me to be. God had positioned Moses right where he wanted him to be. At every step, God had placed Moses, whether it was in his mother's home, whether it was in the palace of Egypt, whether it was in the wilderness of Midian. God had placed Moses exactly where he wanted him to be. I believe that God places us where he wants us to be because you see I believe that there's some task or perhaps some person that only you will meet that maybe only you will know that maybe only you will be put in contact with and God has prepared us for that task, for that person. God has placed us in a certain place. He's given us a certain context. He's given us a certain community. He brings certain people into my life so that I can influence them for Him. You see, I believe that every day, from the day that we were born until this day today, God has been working in us to prepare us to do something for him. Now, it could be that you, you've had lots of opportunities along the way to work for him. Okay? It, it's not as though there's something magical about today. Just as there was nothing other than the fact it didn't burn up. There's nothing magical about the burning bush. That was just God's way of saying, okay, now's the time. Now's the time to do what I have been preparing you for 80 years to do. there is a task that God wants you to do and it may be a task that only you can do and God has been working in our life God has been working in my life, your life to prepare for that task it should be our prayer God open my eyes God help me to see that this is the person, that this is the task, that this is the moment that you have prepared me for. God, help me to know when, where, who. And by the way, he may, not even, he may not even let you know. See, I believe when we get to heaven, there's going to be people that come up to us and who say, you influenced me. And we're going to be like, what? I don't even really have a good recollection. I don't even remember who you are. And They're going to say, no, you don't understand the influence you had in my life. I was at a pastor's meeting one time and there was a voice behind me. No, niece, I don't know if you ever had this happen. There's a voice behind me and he says, he says, Travis Sager. And I turned around and I was looking into some guy's chest. I don't fancy myself as short or tall. I think of myself as kind of somewhere in between. I turn around and I'm looking into this guy's chest. I look up and I have no idea who this guy is. None whatsoever. And I said, You're going to have to help me out. Who are you? He told me his name, and I still didn't quite know who he was. And he said, You were a camp counselor when I was a camper and he said at camp that week there was something something that happened something stirred in in my heart he says I decided I wanted to be a pastor and I just started last week as the associate pastor in the Killeen Seventh Day Adventist Church (laughs) still trying to figure out who he was imagine what heaven is going to be like As we live our lives faithful to God, as we understand I am a child of God, as we believe the promise that God will be with us, that he will prepare us, that he will live in us, whether we know it or not, there will be people who will see us. And it may not be until we get to heaven and they will come up to us and they will say, because of you. I made the decision to become a child of God. Because of you, I decided that Jesus was my Savior. God is preparing us just as He prepared Moses, just as much as He prepared anybody else that we read about in Scripture, He is preparing us to be His example, to be His child, to be His ambassador. Here on this earth, I may or may not ever know the people that I contact that will be influenced for him. But I know he's working in me. I know that he is preparing and has prepared me to be his mouthpiece, to be his vessel through which he will live, through which he will shine, through which he will grow his kingdom. Would you please bow your head. Our gracious Father in heaven, thank you for living in us. Even when we doubt ourselves and even when we sometimes doubt you, you live in us. You dwell in us. You work in us. You empower us and strengthen us and give us providence and protection. Lord, you've given us a task. And we will be your child. We will believe that you have empowered us. And wherever we may go, wherever you may take us, Lord, we will live for you. And we will let you shine through us. We will let you live in us. Lord, help us to be faithful to that calling you've given to us. Make it so in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) To him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or even imagine, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.
0: again for coming to the home of your central St. David's Church. Hope you enjoyed the program. I'll see you next time here on the Chad Sherry Podcast. I love that. For stopping by the Chad Show podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's program. Please remember to come back for more interviews, programs, music, and others that you might enjoy. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast or YouTube channel of Chad Show. And I hope you have a great day in the world. Aloha.